couple nights ago when Eden was not going to bed and I was just boiling, my blood was boiling, and I was so angry, I yelled at her and it wasn't at all loving and kind. And one of my punishments was, you don't get a donut in the morning. Which, that very morning she hadn't gotten a donut because the night before she was misbehaving. And four day old donuts are gross, so if she was gonna get a donut at all, it had to be that next morning. So that next morning I went back to her and I sat her down and we talked about how her behavior wasn't good and how she dishonored and disrespected me. And then I said something really humbling. I said, Eden, but I, I disrespected you. I overreacted in anger and I treated you not in love, but in anger and frustration. Will you please forgive me? And she did. And then I gave her grace, which she knows is a gift she doesn't deserve. So now she thinks grace equals donuts. That's okay with me for now. Uh, that, that'll get her places later in life. But I gave that grace to her and said, you can have something you don't deserve because I love you. Because our Father in Heaven looks at our broken relationships. And He doesn't seek to anger us. He doesn't seek to throw us aside, to just move on and say it's over. Instead, He has come and given Himself fully in all humility to say, I want to make it right. I want to give you forgiveness. I want to give you this gift you don't deserve, this grace, this beautiful gift. You are forgiven. So if you are in a relationship with a spouse or with parents or with children or with an employer and there has been a wrong done, either by you or to you, maybe now's the time to make it right, to seek forgiveness and to give forgiveness. Hi, this is Chris from The Point, a church where you can come as you are and you can text in your questions. You may not be sure what you believe about God, Jesus, faith, or the Bible, and that's okay because faith is not about having it all figured out and God is not waiting for you to put your life together before He'll connect with you. If you'd like to find out more about The Point, you can visit our website at thepointknox.com or connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at The Point Knox. Don't hesitate to contact us or join us in person every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. at the Regal Downtown West Cinema 8, located at 1640 Downtown West Boulevard. We pray this message has an impact in your life, or at least makes it easy for you to connect with God where you are. Have you ever had that kind of a problem? That, that communication where you know you love each other, but you just are talking past each other. And sometimes it seems so obvious what the issue is, but you still don't quite understand or relate correctly. As we look at where we go from here, we have to consider how do we take these relationships that maybe are struggling because of this season, or we're struggling before and now we're noticing things aren't okay. How do we take these relationships and improve them. Google has this really cool feature called Google Trends. And if you've never used it before, Google Trends allows you to look and see what words or phrases or things are most searched. And it, it ranks them based on all other searches on a scale of zero to 100. 100 being, this is being searched by a lot of people more than anything else. And zero being, nobody really cares about this issue on Google. Well, in preparing for today and thinking about our relationships and those that are struggling, I looked at two words, well, two phrases. The first was marriage counseling. Marriage counseling since March 20th has been pretty consistent 
averaging about a two or a three almost nonstop since March 20th, 2020. But the other word, divorce. Back on March 20th when this all began, divorce was ranking at about a 53 and for the most part has been steadily climbing upwards in this time. The search for divorce, the people wanting to know, is this okay? Is this my option? Where do I turn? What do I do? Has increased from a 53 a month and a half ago to now a 73. More people are searching divorce and looking at how is this the best option? Well, what do I do in divorce? And the sad thing is Google also compares phrases together. And the number of people who searched both marriage counseling and divorce in the state of Tennessee is only about 3%. See, oftentimes when our relationships start to fall apart, our natural tendency is to run away, is to say these aren't worth saving. There is no hope to save this. We should just move on and try something different, something that makes us happy. But that's not what God wants for us. So today, as we look at scripture, we're going to look at three different types of relationships that I think are really important and scripture makes really important and that we as a church can begin to focus more on coming out of this pandemic. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter five to begin today. So if you'd like to follow along, Ephesians five, beginning in verse 22. Leading up to this section, uh, the first five chapters, the first four and a half really, uh, Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus about what life in Christ looks like. And this unity he's created, this togetherness in the spirit, the way that we as God's people live differently together. And this all culminates there in 21 where he talks about how we submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. As the people of God, we live in such a way that seeks to put others above us. And then he goes on to this really challenging section. In verse 22, he says this, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. He goes on to talk about how the husband is the head of the house, just like Jesus is the head of the church, and wives should submit to them in everything as an act of love and respect. Now, in our culture today, the word submission often implies something really unhealthy and really wrong. But submission in scripture is not an admission that one is weaker or less or inferior to the other. It's not saying that there's not equals together. In fact, Jesus, it says, submits to his father. Jesus, God, perfect in every way, chooses to submit. Submission is an act of love, an expression of togetherness, a willingness to say, I want this relationship more than I want to be right. Paul, he writes, wives, submit to your own husbands. But then he continues and he turns it to the husbands. Uh, beginning in, in verse 25, he says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. If wives are called in scripture to submit as an act of love, an act of trust, an act of respect, men, you're called to love like Christ did. Christ literally gave everything in him, everything he had, everything he was. He gave it all up and laid it all down for the sake of his church. So wives submit to your husbands, but husbands, you don't get off the hook. 
You have a responsibility and a role here that is way higher and more intense. In fact, Paul writes three times as much about your responsibility as the husband to sacrificially love than he does about her responsibility to submit. So the first relationship that I think we need to focus on coming out of this pandemic is our marriages. Are we healthy? Are we taking time to put the other first, to listen, to care? As it says here in verse uh, 33, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Are we in our marriages loving and respecting, serving and submitting, giving up for the other with everything in us? If not, going forward, we have a great opportunity to reevaluate and say, what does life look like when I live like this? What could my marriage be when we both live like this? You see, the beauty in this is if one of us does this and the other doesn't, it often brings hurt and pain and separation. And yet, for the one who does it, they're continuing to honor God. And it, like water dripping on a rock and freezing over time, it eventually begins to wear away at that hardened shell and that outer surface. It begins to wear away and make a difference. But the really cool thing is if both husband and wife make the decision, say, today we will choose to live like this. We will choose to change things and move things and shift that our relationship is not about being happy or getting what I want or being right, but loving and serving and respecting. There's some beauty that even the most broken relationships can be restored to something far greater than they ever were before. As we move forward, the first relationship we have to focus on is our marriages. And for those of us who don't have spouses, for those of us who are single, this doesn't mean you get off the hook. See, if you ever desire to one day be a wife or a husband, you can begin to learn to live like this now. What does this attitude of confidence yet submission look like? What does this attitude of sacrificial giving and living look like as a single person? And when we make these relationships our priority, even for single people, when we seek to honor and support and encourage and bless couples who are struggling, there's a beautiful life that comes out of it for all of us. But then Paul continues with the second relationship that I think going forward we need to continue to focus on all the more. In chapter 6, he says this, verse 1, Children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. Now, just like Roger, I'm going to take an aside, Eden and Elijah, this includes you. But you know what? It doesn't just include my children. Every one of us are children. Every one of us has parents. And they might not be very good parents. They might be the best parents. They might not be around anymore. But we have parents. Jesus' children, obey your parents in the Lord. He goes on, uh, Paul, he writes, Honor your father and mother. Let, this is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you, you may live long in the land. He quotes from Exodus and the Ten Commandments where God himself said, Honor your mother and father. If you're here, you're listening, you're watching, you're joining us today, and you are a child. Maybe you're living at home under your parents' roof. Going forward, what does it look like to honor your parents? 
Even when you disagree, even when you feel like they aren't loving you, they're taking all your privileges, all your rights, all the things you hold so dear away, how do you love them and obey them? And then it goes on and says this, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. You see, in the same way that children are to obey their parents, parents, that doesn't mean you get to just have absolute totalitarian authority that says, I don't care what you think or what you feel or what you want. I will do what I want and you will listen. No, fathers, we have a responsibility. Do not provoke your children to anger. This doesn't mean you don't discipline. And it doesn't mean they're going to love everything you do. But in everything you do, do you seek to do it in a way that builds them up to walk in Christ? Or in a way that builds yourself up? I've shared with you guys before that I have to confess one of my big struggles is bedtime. Man, when my kids are not listening and obeying, when they're not doing what I ask, when they are refusing to stay in bed, it so easily gets under my skin. Just a couple nights ago, I was trying to put the kids in bed and Eden was not wanting to go to sleep. And I got to this place I haven't been in a really long time. Like my blood felt like it was beginning to boil. I was just furious. And Laura and I were sitting there on the couch trying to talk about this. And I, I didn't know why I was so angry. But I think ultimately really deep down inside I did. I was angry because I was selfish. I wanted my time and I wanted my space and I wanted my ability to relax apart from them. And they were taking it from me. But you know what? This is what I signed up for when I became a dad. This is what I decided when I became a parent to give myself to the raising of my children that they might know the Lord. So parents, going forward, are you living in such a way that is seeking to build your children up? Children, are you listening to your parents? Grown-up adult children, are you honoring your parents in their older age? As maybe they're going through physical or emotional or mental struggles as their bodies change, are you honoring them and seeking to build them up? See, if there's anything I've learned during this time at home, it's that parenting is really hard. But unfortunately, so, it, so is being a child sometimes. It's really difficult to be my child in times when I'm irrationally angry. So how can we build our children up and honor our parents and make those relationships with our family stronger and healthier and focused on Jesus? But then there's a third relationship that's mentioned here. One that I think during this pandemic time, every one of us in some capacity has been forced to examine. He goes on in chapter 6, verse 5, Slaves, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart as you would Christ, not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a slave or free. Now, slavery for us has a different context and connotation than it did for them. For many in this time, slavery was actually a means of employment. If you found yourself down in the dumps, uh, struggling to provide housing and food and care for your family, you could give yourself as a slave to another, which was making yourself indebted to that person. 
And if the person honored God and followed the law, they would provide you with housing and food and clothing and take care of you and provide for your medical necessities and make sure that you had no need. But not every master did this. In the same way today, many of us have given ourselves over voluntarily to another to provide for our daily needs. We just call this employment. We have an employer that we go and we work for and they give us a paycheck and the paycheck then provides for our house and our clothes and our our cars and our food and everything else we might think we need or want. Slaves, obey your earthly masters. What if instead this read employees Obey your employer. I love your employer. Care for your employer as you would Christ. Certainly in this time where 20 and a half million Americans have filed for unemployment. Certainly there is an opportunity to say, how do we treat our employers? How do we think about the people who write our checks? If you're one of those people who's lost your job in this season, it can be really hard to think well of them. But I have to tell you, I know that there are many employers and bosses, especially of small businesses, who have been forced to make very difficult decisions in this time they never imagined needing to make. And there are many who are eager to bring you back to work and give you employment as soon as they possibly can. Now there's a flip side to this. If we are called to focus on this relationship, I love what it says that we're not to give eye service as people pleasers, but we're to do it all as if we're doing it to the Lord. When we work for our boss, even if they've made decisions that hurt us, when we work for our employer, we're to do it as if we're doing it for God. God, here you go. My job is stressful. My boss is sometimes rude. I don't always get along or like his decisions, but I will honor and bless as an act of service to you. The flip side of this is, he says in verse nine, masters, employers, do the same to them. and Stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and that there is no partiality with him. See, Paul writes to, to those who are employees and those who are employers and says, look, you both have a mutual responsibility to serve the other as Christ does. For those of you who've been able to work from home during this time, there've definitely been ways so many companies have bent over backwards to say, how do we help keep you safe and keep you fed and take care of you? And yeah, there are those that have not, that have bent the rules and and twisted them and done things intentionally to cause benefit to them and not to you. But many, many are good-hearted and genuinely desire to see you thrive. As we move forward out of this pandemic, we have an opportunity to think about our marriages and to think about our parenting or our parents if we don't have kids of our own, to think about our employer and our employees and to begin to say, how do I maximize these relationships? Do I make them healthier and more whole for the sake of Christ? How do I see my employees as a gift from God and not servants I can command to do whatever I want? How do I see my boss or my children or my wife or my husband? How do I see them as people God has put in front of me to love and serve and care for? There's one thing in scripture that's pretty clear. With all relationships, whoever they may be with, if you have a relationship that's hurting, 
that's broken, that needs some healing, there's one thing that will always work towards healing. Confession and forgiveness. Going to your spouse and apologizing where you've sinned against them. Going to your children and apologizing when you've sinned against them. Going to your employees and apologizing when you've sinned against them. And asking for forgiveness. We have a a habit in our household, something we started early on with Elijah that we keep doing. Anytime one of them sins, we discipline them. And then we sit down, we talk with them about why were they disciplined. And we tell them, what did, we ask them, what do you need to say? And we tell them to say that they're sorry and to ask forgiveness and to say something specific. So for example, if Eden hits Elijah, she needs to go to him and say, I'm sorry for hitting you. Please forgive me. And the other has to always look them in the eyes and say these words, I forgive you for this sin, whatever they've done. I'll tell you what, this is really humbling as a dad to go to your children and ask forgiveness. A couple nights ago when Eden was not going to bed and I was just boiling, my blood was boiling, I was so angry, I yelled at her and it wasn't at all loving and kind. And one of my punishments was you don't get a donut in the morning. Which, that very morning, she hadn't gotten a donut because the night before she was misbehaving. And four-day-old donuts are gross. So if she was going to get a donut at all, it had to be that next morning. So that next morning, I went back to her, and I sat her down, and we talked about how her behavior wasn't good, and how she dishonored and disrespected me. And then I said something really humbling. I said, Eden, but I, I disrespected you. I overreacted in anger. And I treated you not in love, but in anger and frustration. Will you please forgive me? And she did. And then I gave her grace, which she knows is a gift she doesn't deserve. So now she thinks grace equals donuts. That's okay with me for now. Uh, That'll get her places later in life. But I gave that grace to her and said, you can have something you don't deserve because I love you. Because our Father in heaven looks at our broken relationships And he doesn't seek to anger us. He doesn't seek to throw us aside, to just move on and say it's over. Instead, he has come and given himself fully in all humility to say, I want to make it right. I want to give you forgiveness. I want to give you this gift you don't deserve, this grace, this beautiful gift. You are forgiven. So if you are in a relationship with a spouse or with parents or with children or with an employer and there has been a wrong done either by you or to you, maybe now's the time to make it right, to seek forgiveness and to give forgiveness. Will you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you that you are good and gracious and you forgive us all of our sin. And we thank you for these eight weeks to stop and look at our relationships and see what's really healthy because we're together and even to see what's really broken. God, we pray that we would be a people moving forward from here on out who seek to build up our relationships, to do the hard work of extending forgiveness and asking for it when we've wronged others of putting the other person first, be it our employer or our children or our wives. God, may we put them first and bless them. And may we do all of this as unto you, God, as the giver of all life, as the forgiver of all sins. May we do this for you. May we see our relationships restored and healthy and filled with life. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. One of the ways the church has practiced forgiveness for almost 2,000 years, one of the things the church has done to help us begin to get used to saying, please forgive me, is this thing called confession and absolution. Maybe you've done it with us on a Sunday morning. If not, here's how it's going to work. We're going to put some words on the screen and together we're going to read this confession. And as we read this confession, think about the people you've hurt. The people that you should have loved better and you didn't. The people that you should have forgiven and you chose to hold a grudge. Think about these words we're confessing to God. And then when we're all done, we're going to hear His words spoken back to us. I forgive you. So, will you join me in this confession now? Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your holy name, amen. God's promise is this that when we confess our sins one to another, He is faithful and just and will forgive us all of our sins. So church, as a called and ordained servant of Christ, in His stead and by His command, I now forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Church, you are forgiven. There's nothing between you and God any longer, and He invites the same for your relationships. And one of the ways this forgiveness works in us and through us is to say, because I'm forgiven, because I'm loved, I want to help share this good news with others, with those who don't yet know that they too are forgiven and loved. And so every week, we as a church, we collect an offering which is an opportunity to say, God, I trust you with my finances and I want my finances to help share this good news and this hope with those who are disconnected and far from you. As we collect an offering today, you can give at thepointknox.com by clicking on that little blue button in the corner. You can give via the mail with our P.O. box or by going directly to Regions Bank and dropping something off there in their drive-thru. However you give, whatever you choose to give, remember this. It's not so that we can get His love. It's not so that we can earn His favor or be more forgiven. But instead, because you already have all the forgiveness and all the favor and all the love you will ever need, we get to turn around and give back. Thank you for supporting the point and partnering with us and connecting the disconnected. So this is the part of the service where we always take time for questions that come in. And there's a lot of you that texted saying you wanted this book for uh, you or for your mother. And so we've got several of you who are going to get this. Uh, I don't think there are any, if I caught them all, I don't think there are any new questions that came in for today. Uh, but there is something else I want to say to you. If you're somebody who during this time has found that your relationships actually 
flourished through this time because you got to spend time together. And now that things are reopening and you're trying to say, what next? Well, I want to encourage you to continue joining us on Sunday mornings because over the next couple weeks, we're going to look at ways that you can continue to prioritize the most important things in your life that they don't end or change or go back to the way they used to be uh, after things go back to normal. And if you're somebody who has found life has really been tough and your relationships have been strained and your family or your marriage is struggling, let me encourage you in this. You are not alone and you cannot and should not try to do this alone. So before you go to that Google search and say, uh, how do I end this? How do I separate? Before you go to some other place of loneliness and isolation and say, there's no hope, come and talk with me or with Emily or with a whole host of people from the point. Let us go through this with you and help you begin to experience Jesus in your marriage, in your families, in your workplace once again. We're here for you and we love you and we care about you. So church, as we go today, receive this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. May you go with his love and peace in everything you do. Can't wait to connect with you later. Have a good week. Thank you for listening to one of our Sunday morning messages. If this message has made an impact in your life, please let us know. Simply fill out the Contact Us page on thepointknox.com. And if you'd like to be a part of supporting The Point Ministry, simply go to thepointknox.com forward slash support. Don't hesitate to contact us or join us in person every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. at the Regal Downtown West Cinema 8, located at 1640 Downtown West Boulevard. We pray this message has an impact in your life or at least makes it easy for you to connect with God where you are.